Couple niggas had you. I ain't tripping, they ain't fucking with me. My niggas on your block, Aggie. But the niggas don't mean nothing. And we are officially back. It's the 41st episode of Keeping It 200. Yes, we had some weather issues yesterday, which is why I was not able to do this show. Apologies to Tavon. <laughs> hey, it's alright, man. We, we know how weather can be. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I was actually concerned about doing the show tonight because it was storming. Yeah. And the NBA Finals was starting in the second quarter. And then I just said, you know what, fuck, if we go out, we're just going to go out with a legit bang. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so that's, how, so that's how I felt. Uh, shout out to Boz and J. Cole to open up tonight's Keeping It 200 with the Jackie featuring Little TJ. Of course, Tavon, it's the video that's actually taking over the world since uh, early Friday afternoon. Because in the music video, the Jackie... J. Cole and Boz actually link up with RDC World War. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did see the pictures. <laughs> it, and what was actually funny is J. Cole is actually a big watcher of them because they both... <laughs> wow. uh, I, I, I've actually got... Uh, we're actually going to play some footage on 200 before we get into anything because, because this actually because this actually is something that... like Everyone's calling this like the memes, but... But this isn't a mean. This is actually like a, a like a dream come true because Mark Phillips, of course, has been a huge fan of J. Cole since college and everything. And and and, and it's actually like really cool that like what you call it that J. Cole actually like and Mark Phillips and them were actually like um giving him some music video like giving him some more song um lyrics um, hmm. on anime. So so we're ah. actually gonna probably be getting some anime lyrics from J. Cole soon. But it's oh um, yeah. But, so so definitely though I'm I'm trying to find the clip where they were both trying where they both were some where they both said Jay Jermaine Cole or Lucy. <laughs> Oh man! Jermaine. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I got it. It's over. It's over. It's over. I'm 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 for guys that are actually in Arlington, Texas, Mark Phillips and them, of course, they um, shot the music video in New York and everything. <laughs> but definitely great to see um, RDC World One meet J Cole after doing so many videos on J- Jermaine Cole. <laughs> um, but make sure you guys check out RDC World One's YouTube um, page as well. Um, in my opinion, I think the best guys on YouTube, honestly, they actually might be the most yeah. underrated of the whole bunch. Also, some 200 news to announce. We have officially gotten now 75 listeners now, and we've now hit over 100 followers on Spotify. So we are actually being watched by people, Tavon. So Mm -hmm. so even though they're not coming in here live, 
they are watching these shows later on, which is very good. Um, yeah. And that was the, and that was the whole point of me doing everything that I've been doing the last couple of days because I have literally been in the sleep apnea mode, literally. But I'm not doing <laughs> any podcasting, Tavon. I'm literally going on someone else's. I've been literally on five podcasts this week, five mm. of them, and I'm mm. like dead exhausted. So next week, people, I'm not doing that many. Um, I, I might do maybe one or two, but I'm not doing that because this is just because it's just crazy. Like, like I understand that you got to shout out your product and everything, but it's very, very tough because I was on Max Weezy in the morning. That's at 10:30 a.m. East or 9:30 a.m. Central, wherever you guys live, and I have to get on there, and I'm on there with five, six other people. Then I'm on House of Hoops. Then I'm also on. Um, it's crazy, and I end up still not done a Section Five podcast with Trey yet, and I probably won't because I, I mean, no offense, Trey doesn't even come on these shows anymore and everything like that. But, um, but definitely though, and, and fun fact, I actually know um, more people in Arlington, Texas. I don't know RDC World One, but I do know a guy that actually does live in Arlington, Texas. Hopefully, hopefully, I can maybe bring him on as a guest because he actually is a YouTuber, very young YouTuber, but. Hmm. Um, he, he's, he's still got somewhere to go in the future, you know, hey, this is a perfect landing spot, you know, to get your platform out and everything. Of course, now that we've talked about all the good news and stuff, of course, we got to get into some NBA news. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns tonight 120-100. Of course, Giannis Adenokounmpo is now proving that he is the best player in this series. Uh, this is his second game back-to-back with 40 and 10, 40 points and 10 rebounds. Um, the last two players to do that was Shaq 2000 and LeBron James in 2016. Um, Giannis finished with 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 14 of 23 shooting. Um, of course, 13 of 17 from the free throw line. Had a beautiful night from the free throw line as well. And Giannis threw three quarters um, with the 30 and 10 and 5. That's only been done only three other times in the NBA Finals. Of course, that was done with Kevin Durant did in 2018 against LeBron and the Cavaliers. LeBron and the Cavaliers 2016 against the Warriors. Michael Jordan 1997. And um, Kobe Bean Bryant 2008. So, mm. beautiful list for Giannis tonight. Giannis was making some history all over the board tonight. Tavon, um, did you see this game? And if you did, what was your thoughts on this game tonight? Yes, I did, and I just have to say, um, get, I give props to Milwaukee. They they stepped up big time. Giannis, he once again played another great game. Middleton stepped up. Um, it was a great game for Milwaukee, and knowing that they pretty much won by twenty, yeah, it, the series, yeah, they won't get swept. They tr- they won't, and Drew Holiday came out and played way better than what he was playing. Uh, 8 of 14, 5 of 10 from 3, 21 points, plus mm-hmm. minus 22, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. And, you know, I thought Drew Holiday's best quarter was the third quarter because Drew Holiday, 4 of 5 from 3, 4 of 6 shooting. And, you know, in the third quarter, this is how the third quarter was going. It was 60-45 at halftime. Uh, Phoenix was down by 15 at half to the Milwaukee Bucks. However, 
Phoenix was on their way to coming back in this because Cameron Johnson had a huge third quarter. He had a, a beautiful blocking foul dunk on P.J. Tucker. And, of course, P.J. Tucker um, gave a lot of people a meme for the night because P.J. Tucker was upset because he thought it should have been a charging foul, not a blocking foul. However, you know, then they went to referee Steve Javi um, in the um, crew room in Secaucus, um, New Jersey, Steve Javi said that this was a fielder's choice, basically. Like, he could have went either way on this call. And I thought Cameron Johnson had a really good um, uh, third quarter as well, four, five, ten points. And then, of course, he got injured in the fourth quarter. But Cameron Johnson really was trying to get Phoenix back in this game. But what killed Phoenix, though, in this third quarter was they let 16 straight points in with just Milwaukee scoring. And Giannis took over in that third quarter, four, five, 16 points. As well, and usually Milwaukee doesn't even have like two guys that are scoring that much in the third quarter. But when you have Giannis and Drew Holiday both doing it, then that's definitely something that you just cannot beat right there. And you know, hey, Phoenix did try to keep it competitive though, and then the fourth quarter, Monty Williams just decided to just rest his guys, and that was the best thing to do. They were already down 22 by the end of the third. And there was no reason to play Chris Paul that much in the fourth. Chris Paul only played uh, less than seven minutes in the fourth. Devin Booker didn't play any minutes. Um, and then, of course, Cameron Johnson did play nine minutes before he was um, before he left the game. But this, it made sense. Just just rest these guys. And, you know, I mean, shout out to Mike Budenhoser as well. You know, he actually nearly blew this third quarter. But the Bucks, Giannis and Drew Holiday kept this game alive for them and, Hey, shout out to Middleton as well. Like you said, 6 of 14, 3 of 7, 18 points as well. You know, you had Giannis with the 41. You had um, Bobby Portis, 4 of 11, 11 points right off the bench. You also had Oh, Brooke yeah, Lopez. Bobby Portis definitely stepped up. Uh, definitely. And you also had Brooke Lopez with 11 points off the um, uh, starting as well. And it was definitely a great game. Uh, Phoenix did shoot the ball better, though, 48% to the 47.8%. Um Three-point shooting, of course, Phoenix had 23s in game um, three, or no, sorry, game two, but game three, they only finished nine of 31. They only had two threes by the end of the first half, and Milwaukee did shoot the ball way better from three, 14 of 36 on 39% shooting. Free throws, 20 of 26, so that means the Bucks were getting to the line more. Phoenix was actually, um, this was actually a stat by Mike Reed brought up on the um, ABC NBA Finals um, when the game was going on. Mike Reed had said that Phoenix was actually going to be finishing with the best free throw percentage for any NBA team in um, um, postseason history, but they were actually 11 of 16 on the night heading into this Finals. They were actually shooting 92%. Um, from the free throw line. So they actually had five missed free throws, which is very, very rare. Um, and a set that doesn't get brought up enough. Um, Milwaukee did out-rebound the Suns 47-36, um, to out-assisted them as well, 28-21. to 21. Bucks did shoot the ball. Um, Bucks did keep that points of the paint thing going. They they outplayed the Suns 54-40 to 40 in points in the paint. Uh, second chance points is what I think really put that lead and pushed it in for Milwaukee. 20 to 2 second chance points. Incredible. Fast break points, 16 to 6 Milwaukee as well. Milwaukee was up by 25. There was 10 lead changes, 5 ties. Only one technical foul. That was Bobby Portis early in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks only led by 6. So, of course, Tavon, it's game 4. It's not till Wednesday night. That competes with night 1 of AEW's Fighter Fest live on TNT. 
Um, and the way that ratings have been, uh, people actually come in and watch the Jimmy Kim, uh, Jimmy Kimmel pregame at eight o'clock, the NBA countdown at eight thirty. So, because NXT was the prime example of that last week in Game One of the finals. Um, so, of course, Tavon, I got to ask you here: Does Phoenix go up three one, or do you think Milwaukee's cutting it and it's a two two series um, back in Phoenix for Game Five? Well, if Milwaukee does keep playing how they're playing in Game 3, they can pretty much win Game 4. But I still see Phoenix winning Game 4. Um, I'm going to say the Bucks actually do win Game 4. I'm going to say they do. I think that they've got so much momentum right now. And if Drew Holiday shoots this ball very good then I don't see any reason why Milwaukee can't win game four. And Chris Middleton, I think, is going to even have a better game. And I don't think they got an answer for Giannis right now. Remember, I think this is actually Phoenix's really first true test at playing a tough big like Giannis since the Anthony Davis first round. Because mm-hmm. in the first round against the Lakers, Anthony Davis was a big, big reason um, that they were actually that they actually even won two games over the Suns because the Suns, you know, in game one they had Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis was not going into the paint and not going to the free throw line. It was not aggressive. Those next two games, Anthony Davis did that, and DeAndre Ayton and company did not have any answers for that. And now, to me, I don't think I think they don't have an answer for Giannis. Essentially, I just think the only thing that they're doing right now is. Right now, they're going to try and stop everybody else and just maybe let Giannis have this game. And that's actually, and you know, they might actually be able to get away with that because Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and company, have, they they still competing on that other end. And if Cameron Johnson's not injured, then they should be fine. Um, if he if he isn't, if Cameron Johnson's not healthy in the next game, I think that's actually a huge blow for Phoenix, and that will be a reason why Phoenix loses this game too, because they're going to need somebody off the bench that can actually help them. So, um, but I definitely say the Bucks still take Game Four for some reason. I I got them. Um, so now that we've covered the NBA Finals um, tonight, uh, we've got some Team USA news because yesterday it was exhibition. Probably, but no one was even watching this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. I wasn't watching either. I saw the highlights on YouTube. I, I did see that. Um, yeah, I did so, see the highlights of the game after I saw the SBs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, <laughs> Team USA loses to Nigeria. You know what's funny about this here? Five years ago, uh, Tavon. It, well, actually, actually, we can go all the way back to 1992. Okay, coming into <laughs> coming into games, USA is 54-2 in exhibition games, and just nine years ago they beat Nigeria in the London Olympics by 83 points. Okay, <laughs> five years ago they beat Nigeria in an exhibition game by 43 points. <laughs> and today and yesterday they lost 90 to 87. So I don't know what the hell to make of this team, USA. Um, <laughs> This is funny as hell. It, it really was because yep. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like, because everyone was telling me that I shouldn't be worried about Team USA. And I'm like, I kept telling people, Tavon, if I keep saying on this podcast that they're tired, they're on dog legs, they can't keep, they, they need rest. They're going to need rest to play. And everyone was telling me, oh, no, 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 they've got Kevin Durant. They've got all these guys. They don't got nobody right now because they're tired <laughs> as hell. Oh, my goodness. The funniest part of the whole game wasn't even the game itself. 
it was on Instagram, Precious Achua posted an Instagram picture of blocking Kevin Durant's dunk in the exhibition game with the quote saying, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, well, I said, yeah, he really wasn't that guy today. He really wasn't. So, <laughs> and Team USA came out rusty as hell um, because literally – they were 9 of 30 with Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. Durant finished with 17 points, but was 2 of 11. Bradley Beal was 1 of 7. Lillard had have had his typical late-game magic as he missed several open looks. Um, Jason Tatum said this quote here, None of us have ever played with each other. We're just trying to figure this out. Who had 15 points and 7 rebounds. Quote, We don't have 3 to 4 weeks. This is good for us. We're, we'll learn a lot from the film and regroup. Uh, when people say that, Tavon, I, I, I usually don't like comments, like because like we haven't had we haven't had a full like run. I'm like, you guys have played with each other before on the NBA courts. That is actually true. They have played on the NBA courts with each other. Of course, Jason Tatum played against Kevin Durant in the first round of the um, um, East. Um, and then, of course, we also saw, you know, Bradley Beal take on Damian Lillard this year. We've seen, in fact, Bradley Beal even beat Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn Nets in a couple of games this year. So I don't understand what was the issue. Um, but Team USA loses this game. Nigeria was 40, 20 of 42 from three. Um, guard Gabe Vincent, who plays for the Miami Heat, um, um, while playing for Nigeria, is six. Of, he was 6 of 8 for three with 21 points. And... Yeah, give credit to give credit to Nigeria. Nigeria wins, and hey, you know when I hear this, this makes me worry though, um, because I, I'm very, very. Um, but what did you think of this, Tavon? When you saw these highlights, not gonna lie, I I, I pretty much was I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just speechless at this point because like. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because you, you, and this is not like any just like okay. I would have understood this was China because China has a great basketball system. I do understand that. I would have understood it was Spain, mm-hmm. but this is Nigeria. And I remember watching that game nine years ago when Kobe, LeBron, and these guys murdered all over that team. <laughs> they murdered them by eighty three points. Like in, in fact, in fact, I actually remember the fourth quarter of that Team USA game. I think Kobe and LeBron. We're like playing with like the with playing with like a cooties card or something like like the <laughs> shit that we used to make in school like 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 you know like uh, one two three like four picking numbers and colors and shit. I think they were doing that shit. They, I don't even remember anything of this like Nigeria team <laughs> like being that good. Where the hell is this Nigeria team? Because they might have actually gave them a run for their money. I will say though this year too. Kevin Love did not look like comfortable with this Team USA group. He just did not look comfortable. Greg Popovich. Mm. I don't know if he's the right head coach now because 2019 we had the FIFA Cup for basketball and Team USA lost on the day of 9-11 and Greg Popovich was the coach and you have now Greg Popovich losing an exhibition game. The last time USA lost an exhibition game was over 17 years ago. So it, it doesn't happen. Like, USA does not lose exhibition games. I, I know people are going to think that we're overreacting, but I'm not overreacting because – um, if they're not going to be able to, because weapons, if they can't even beat these actual teams and their shots are not going down. So, um, definitely a lot to worry. Of course, we did get some thoughts though from one Damian, 
Lillard, Damian Lillard said he will keep any thoughts about his future with the Trailblazers between him and his team. Um, because, uh, so this is, and, and Lillard said, anything I have to say, I'm going to say it directly to the Blazers general manager, Neil, and I'm going to address it directly with my team. Lillard said that after the third day of the Team USA training camp in Las Vegas. He said there's really nothing else I have to say about it. So, Savon, when you hear these comments, are you worried about Damian Lillard maybe leaving the Portland Trail Blazers or maybe requesting a trade? Hmm. I wouldn't say I would be worried, but if I was Portland, I'd be pretty much worried. True, because if you're Neil Osi, what what would he be saying? Um, that is a good a question. And uh, of course, I'm pretty sure Neil Olsey is happy that Damian Lillard's getting ready to go out and travel instead of talking to him, which is going to help him a lot. So, um, of course, um, Scott Brooks is finalizing a deal to become the um, Portland Trailblazers' top assistant head coach, and they also got another assistant head coach now in Roy Rogers as well, who will be leaving Tyron Lue's Clipper staff. So Tyron Lue is actually down down two guys from the coaching staff, and. Um, for the Trailblazers, that now means that, you know, they've got now three coaches now, essentially. They've got Scott Brooks, and they've now got Roy Rogers. And um, I like I like this um, move for um, Scott Brooks, you know, good move for Scott Brooks. He spent five years as, you know, the Washington coach. You know, he's he's been a coach for the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, and maybe now an assistant role will be good for him, you know. Um, what do you think about this? Sure, it, it can be a good role for him. Definitely, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Of course, um, we've also got some NBA news that relates into Major League Baseball as well. Hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, hold on. I just dropped my phone out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what the, that's what I was like saying. Oh, shit. Like, like I dropped my phone. Like, okay. So, of course, Philip Etz. Um, Ashut's uh, complete sale of 27% stake in the Lakers to Dodgers co-ownership. Um, this is done by Malk, um, Malk Walter and Todd Boleyn in a deal that closed Friday. Um, the transition was approved by the NBA Board of Governors according to the AEG. Um, so so now, um, of course, this now means that the Lakers recently had a 20-year extension to the team's lease at Staples Center and includes both sides investing in upgrades and improvements to the downtown Los Angeles area, which will, um, which the Lakers will continue to call home through 2041. So so this is actually really good news. So this is good news. This actually gets Lakers. Um, how, how, however, here's how you have to read it to the lines, though, Tavon. This means that the owner, Jeannie Buss, is not putting up any of her money. She's taking... MLB owner money and saying you can upgrade this. <laughs> so that's how the rich stay rich. <laughs> that's that's how you have to read it in between the lines because they try to make this sound so fancy. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't sound that fancy. I'm like, oh, let's. I said, oh, I see what you're trying to do. Ain't that simple? <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, they do the same shit too in the NFL technically because in the NFL, when NFL owners don't want to pay for something, they just jack up the taxes in the state. And that's mm. how it always works. <laughs> of course, though, United States um, basketball, the USA basketball, they have the under-19 group. So, of course, the USA's under-19 group survives a huge performance from the rising French star Victor Wimbanyan 
um, to win the under-19 basketball championship. They won 83-81 Sunday, which means they won the FIFA under-19 World Cup. Um, this was done with Chet Holpgren, a seven foot one include um, incoming freshman at Gonzaga, who added ten points and five assists and was named the MVP of the tournament. So, congratulations to the Team USA Under Nineteen group. They actually um, they actually did great. Congratulations to them um, are in order. So, um, and they nearly and they nearly lost that to France. So, um, how about this year though? Euro Cup twenty twenty today, Italy wins one one. Uh, they win on the penalty kicks, three to two over England. This is Italy winning their first World FIFA Cup since 1968. England was oh, in their first finals cool. since 1966, exactly. And in Italy was a plus 105 to win this game today. And this this was actually really good. Congratulations to uh, Italy. I was right on my pick. Ash was way off. He said Spain was going to do this. You said Italy. Uh, you said England was going to do this. I, I was. I, I just kept believing in Italy, and I'm glad Italy won. Congratulations to Italy. They were the favorites when I looked um, really early on. And I said, you know what? Can't go. Can't take that um, risk though. So, congratulations are in order though. Of course, now that we've also, uh, of course, the uh, because the Milwaukee Bucks won tonight. Game five is going to. Uh, of course, we are going to have a game five as well. Um, in Phoenix, so that will be Saturday, July seventeenth at nine p.m. So, so hmm. actually, congratulations to them. Um, kind of weird. We don't have an NBA game though till Wednesday night. That's very weird to me. So, oh man. Now that we've gotten all the NBA stuff out the way, technically, because there's really nothing else that we can really go into on the NBA and stuff. I mean, we'll cover. I mean, we'll we'll basically be covering everything Thursday because Thursday I actually want to be on the Top Rope Nation. Um, our friend Ryan does that. You know, he always does the AEW post show. So hopefully, if he's there, I can actually come on there. Um, because, because, um, because pretty much this week, Tavon, this is how it's going to go. We're going to be reviewing three wrestling shows straight. Mm. And then we've also got an NBA game that we'll just review Thursday and Friday. We'll actually be doing a Friday night SmackDown post show because this will be the first time we have fans back in the building. So, mm. so that, so, so we'll actually be doing that. And I don't know about the weekend yet. So of course we're just going to take those two shows step by step how about this year, though? Last night at the SBs, you watched that show. Um, uh -huh. Shasha Banks and Bianca Belair win Best WWE Moment. And, they and hey, and hey, uh, I will say congratulations to them. Definitely. Uh -huh. um, did, did you know what the other categories were for the um, Best Moments for the SBs or no? Um, maybe a few. Like, best, best college male athlete, best college... No, no, I, I just meant the WWE. I just meant the WWE moments. Oh, I think what wasn't was it Roman and Daniel Bryan and Edge one of them? Yeah, it was, and I'm actually looking at it now. It says Roman Reigns' return to television was also one. Bad oh, Bunny yeah. was one, and Edge winning the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble was also hmm. the other one. So, so technically speaking, Sasha and Bianca should have technically won this because none of those other ones were. The Roman Reigns one feels like so 2020, though, that he returns. So that's 
I, I keep forgetting Roman Reigns has not been back on TV in like a year, but because of COVID and everything, it feels so yeah. long. Of course, though, while you were watching the SBs, I watched UFC 264. And, of course, in the main event, Conor McGregor breaks his leg. He broke his tibia in the main event in a loss to Dustin Poirier uh, due to medical stoppage. So, of course, I'm going to run down this UFC 264 um, card um, and everything. This was the main card that I'm only going to be reviewing because I don't watch the prelims like that. So, um, uh, sorry to anybody that listens later on, but I, I'm not going to review prelims. Um, I, I, I might do it someday, but I'm not doing it right now. But here's how the pay-per-view card – the pay-per-view card started at 10 p.m. This was on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to buy it, it's $74.19. Um, when, I, when Tavon heard that, Tavon got really silent. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Chris Mote. Um, Sean O'Malley wins this um, via he wins this um, um, by TKO at 4:33 in round three. Tavon, this fight here was crazy. Okay, this 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 Chris Mote took 250 shots to the face. Mm. And Sugar Sean O'Malley hit 85% of every significant strike on this guy. Dang. Exactly. So if you liked no defense, just crazy punching, this was literally the fight for you. Chris Monty <laughs> did have some good things, though. He did have some good things in this fight. Um, but to me, this reminded me of, like, Chris Monty reminded me of, like, a Mick Foley hell in a cell. Because this <laughs> dude was just, like, taking, like, all these punches to the face. He looked Definitely. like Kill. He he looked. I mean, and the and the fight was stopped literally with thirty seconds to go because Herb Dean stopped the fight late after all those punches, and Herb Dean just said that he couldn't continue, even though Chris had his hands up and everything, and the commentators were pissed. I was pissed because they said it's thirty seconds left. He might as well just keep taking all the punches to the face. I'm like, and Chris and Chris Monty did have some shots too, but it wasn't nothing significant. So um, we had Irene Aldana versus Yana Konitskaya. Uh, Adana missed weight by three and a half pounds, so that means she had to forfeit 30, uh, 40% of her purse. Um, and this fight really wasn't much needed. This was a quick first round. Um, Irene Adana um, defeated Yana Konitskaya um, via TKO with punches at the 430 round, uh, 435 of round one. It, it was it was an okay fight. It really was. I thought Yana Konitskaya was going to win, and then she didn't. I was... PO'd. Uh, for Irene Eladonna, she moves now up now in the women's bantamweight, um, which means that she'll be in the next year or two, maybe facing Amanda Nunez for the bantamweight championship. We had Ty um, Taswan taking on Greg Hardy. This was just crazy, Tavon. I didn't even know what the hell to make of this fight because, okay, <laughs> this guy Ty drinks beer out of shoes. <laughs> and he... and and he came out to Spice Girls wannabe. <laughs> he literally got all the drunk women singing this song and dancing. This guy <laughs> controlled Las Vegas. How did this guy get a big ass pop in Las Vegas? Takes uh, me back to Chicken Little. Oh my god! It's it's the craziest shit ever. Tavon, Tavon, this guy was over with the crowd. <laughs> the women loved him. He's fat as fuck. Like he, he's not—he's not an attractive guy. Like, like, like this guy. This, and this guy was singing 
the, the Spice Girl song. He was singing it. He was just <laughs> dancing. He was vibing. You know, you know what I think of the Spice Girl song? I don't think of it in Chicken Little. I don't think of it in The Simpsons when they played it. I think of the One Tree Hill episode that I saw in Brooke and them all did that shit. Like, so, so no, I, to come out to Spice Girls, man, you gotta be like a real bold motherfucker. Um, and then of course, Greg Hardy is 7-3, won no contest. He is a former NFL All-Pro man with the Carolina Panthers. Tavon, this is what I didn't understand about this, okay? I Greg Hardy came out, and the commentators were building him up. They were, say, they were saying now he was, you know, he felt like he was a sophomore because Greg Hardy's been a professional MMA fighter for two years. And this was his second pay-per-view match ever. He won his first one when we had no fans at UFC 249 when um, he beat Jorgen de and then Greg Hardy, you know, he was getting built up for me. I was even saying, like, you know, Greg Hardy's a former NFL player. You know, now he's starting to find his thing. And he punched Ty. And he got and he, and he, and he, and he made Ty stumble. And then Ty just comes back and just punched just the shit out of him. <laughs> and just knocks – and here's how this – and this is how it happens. On the replay, he punches Greg Hardy out of nowhere. Greg Hardy falls. And Ty misses the second punch. And then Ty just – Immediately runs over and knocks the shit out of Greg Hardy. It's a minute and si- it's a minute seven at round one. I was like, "What the fuck did happen to Greg Hardy?" So <laughs> Greg Hardy, I'm not even a fucking fan of him anymore. He took seven fucking months off Tavon to get knocked out in a minute by the Mexican Homer Simpson. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of this shit. Like, 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 no, I'm not a fan of that. No, no, fuck that. Okay, <laughs> I know he's not from Mexico, but I but I don't know where he's from. But I'm not. But I, and then after the fight, okay, Tavon, he literally drinks beer out of a Jordan shoe, <laughs> and then it's later revealed someone spiked it with hot sauce. <laughs> and then and then, and, and then Tavon, Tavon, it gets even more funnier. You know how we just came back from trying to get everything back on normal with COVID. He's drinking beer out of people's shoes in the crowd. <laughs> Someone's high up there, and they literally drench beer on him, and he's drinking it. I don't, you don't know where the beer comes from. You don't know where the shoes have been and anything. So this poor motherfucker. Oh my god! I was just like, we're going to have COVID again because this motherfucker doesn't give a shit about me, like or anybody. So, 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 Davon, so, Davon, when we're back in lockdown and shit, we can blame motherfuckers like him because this motherfucker was literally drinking beer and shit, dancing and shit. <laughs> and, then, and then when he won, he did the ugliest dance ever. And then when he put back on his shirt, I was like, you know what? I said he's actually decent to look at now because I ain't got to look at all that shit. This this man had a beer keg and everything. I didn't want to see all that. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. So now we actually get to our co-main event of this pay per view. It's Gilbert Burns taking on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. If you watch this fight, Tavon. Um, it was actually pretty boring. It really was. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Dude, 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 I was falling asleep. I was, like, starting to drown out. And the third round was actually pretty good. But even with half-awake eyes, where my eyes are like at Krispy Kreme Boulevard, <laughs> I'm still able to still see Gilbert Burns win this, like, 29-28. And that's how it was. It was a Gilbert Burns unanimous decision, 29-28. The crowd was kind of dead because they were getting ready for Conor McGregor. And shit. And of course, Dustin, and of course, you know, Gilbert Burns beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Gilbert Burns was the underdog in this, which means Gilbert Burns still keeps his number two ranking. 
And Stephen Wonderboy Thompson will slide down now the UFC's welterweight rankings. Um, of course, the next one to take on Kamara Usman, the welterweight champion, will be Kobe Covington. So we had celebrities they showed us tonight, Tavon, in the UFC show. And Tavon, I don't know what a celebrity is anymore because <laughs> they showed Courtney Kardashian with Travis Baker. I didn't know who neither of them were. Wow, I, I knew, not even Courtney Kardashian. Well, I knew. Well, I know. Well, I know. Who, I know where she comes from. I know the Kardashians, but she's the least popular Kardashian. Even well, Kendall yeah, Jenner. To me, Kendall Jenner to me, I know more than her. I know Chloe. I know Kim, but I don't I know, know Kylie. No Kim. Exactly, exactly. You know her too. But you and I don't know no Courtney Kardashian with Travis Baker, and I didn't even know what the fuck a Travis Baker was. So so they started <laughs> tongue kissing. And I was like, man, I didn't want to see that shit. That's just nasty, man. Like we had um MJK we had MGK and Megan Fox. I know who they are. Um yep. MGK MGK was wearing black um nails and shit, so um fun fact his nails were actually longer than Megan Fox's. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um <laughs> We had um, – they had the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> These motherfuckers. These oh, yeah. Didn't, I did see a um, picture of um, Odell there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Odell was nowhere near them, though. That was the joke. <laughs> they showed three Cleveland Browns. They showed Baker Mayfield and two other guys, and then they had Odell Beckham Jr. far away from them. <laughs> Justin Bieber and Dave Chappelle got the celebrity walk-in um, oh, wow. to come in. We had Chuck Liddell. He also got seen. And also the guy that played Sam on Supernatural, he was right behind Chuck Liddell. So, hmm. um, so yeah. But other than that, no, hell, no, hell no, I didn't recognize half these celebrities. I'm like, y'all are celebrities, like, like who says when? So I was like laughing my ass off because I'm like, I'm, I'm like, if I had to show anybody, I would show Megan Fox over MGK. Uh, because the first thing MGK does is he waves his nails. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, okay. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, it's fine. I, I just, I'm just not a fan of it. Like, I wanted to see Megan Fox, but I didn't want to see MGK. So, um, so then we get to our main event. Of course, they give you a video package and everything for Dustin Portier versus Conor McGregor. And, you know, this is actually only the third time in, like, the last seven years Conor McGregor has been an underdog in anything. So, and in those, Conor McGregor is one and two. Dustin the Diamond Portier. Uh, of course, Dustin was number one ranked in the lightweight division. Conor was ranked fifth. You had the commentators saying that if he lost tonight, then he wouldn't, you know, he would not be the Conor McGregor that we all knew. I was literally saying if Conor McGregor won, he was going to, you know, rephrase to the Toby Keith line. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good as I ever was. And, you know, Conor McGregor actually did come out in this fight. And it, it did really look like he was coming out like that because what happened was McGregor um, took it to Dustin early in the fight. He had him in a submission hold for over a minute, and then Dustin broke out of the submission hold. Great submission defense from Dustin. Dustin gave some um, heavy strikes to the face and everything. Of course, in the last uh, 10 seconds, Dustin let Connor get up. Dustin took some shots at Connor. Dustin hit this one punch at Connor. And Connor's leg snapped. Mm. The ankle snapped first. The ankle like pilmanized. And and then his leg is broken, but the round ends. The round ended with him falling. But then it was then revealed that you know that and then he couldn't even get up for the introduction when Dustin won. 
So Connor had to basically be right there on the floor the entire time. And Connor's cussing, saying it was a medical stoppage. You did not beat me. Dustin was saying, shut your bitch ass up. (laughs) (laughs) Because Dustin hates Connor. They, They hate each other since 2014. Dustin said that he hates Connor's trash talking mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and, T- and Tavon, this even gets even more worse, man. It gets more worse from the jump because you're never going to believe this here. So, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, 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 Dustin. Before then, just started this shit. Dustin was saying Karma's not a bitch; she's just a mirror. So, Connor's right there, and he's hearing all that shit, and he's on the floor because he can't move. <laughs> His leg is fucking broken. So, of course, Dustin's walking out of there. Connor. Literally gets the mic because Joe Rogan has to get down on the ground to talk to Connor. <laughs> and then Connor said, He said, Yeah, your wife was in my DMs, mate. <laughs> I said, Oh, <laughs> shit. I said, We get them. I said, We need another fight between these motherfuckers. So, so nothing got accomplished. Nothing did. Um, and, and technically speaking, this is not a clear definitive victory for Dustin, and it's not a clear definitive loss for Connor. And the good thing about MMA. Exactly, and the good thing about MMA is, here's the one good thing: Connor can take two years off, and then he's come back at 34 years old to take on a 34 year old Dustin. You know this will sell great on pay per view. It will. Yeah. It, it it just will because Connor McGregor. Well, I know this pay per view did over a million buys because for one he broke his damn leg in the process of this, so I'm not concerned in any bit uh, shade of perform. So I'm so I'm definitely so definitely um. This is definitely something – of course, Conor McGregor is not going to have no more 2021 fights or 2022 fights, and, and it was already hard enough to get Conor McGregor to want to fight. So, you know, in two years, say Conor McGregor doesn't want to fight, say he wants more money to do this. You know, and here's the thing, Tavon, about the UFC. They're just like the WWE. They don't yeah. have to give anybody anything they want anymore because since ESPN pays them so much, Dana White mm. doesn't have to listen to Conor McGregor. He doesn't have to listen to John Jones and – if he wants to make an interim champion, he can easily. If he wants to make a new champion, he can easily because that's Dana White. And mm-hmm. and that's how it just went. Of course, Dustin Portier did win the match via Dr. Stoppage at the end of round one. Fun fact in the judge card, though, Tavon, Conor McGregor won that round 10-9 by all three judges. Mm. So And Dustin held his ground for two minutes and 30 seconds on that ground. So I don't know what the judges saw, but then again, Tavon, let me tell you this here: when you listen, but when you watch UFC fights, judges tend to piss you off quickly. They oh, really yes, do, definitely, because they a- don't every they, time. Because like when it's a when it's a tie, it has to the decision has to go to them. Exactly, and it's it's very annoying. I'm I'm honestly sick of them. Um, Hopefully, hopefully we find a new system soon. But that that was UFC's two sixty four pay per view. Um, it was a great pay per view. Um, I was actually pissed off about the ending, though. I'm not going to lie because I wanted at least three rounds between Connor and Dustin. So this pay per view to me is a seven on ten. If I had to grade it, because I'm I kind of still want my money back because I didn't get a clear definitive winner and I wasn't happy. <laughs> it just, I really wasn't happy. I, I was pissed off, um, and I'm still pissed off. So. I mean, whatever. Some WWE notes. Actually, we got a lot of WWE notes. Fuck. Okay. So in this week's Wrestling is Over newsletter, of course, from Dave Meltzer, um, three of the biggest WWE names, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Paul Heyman, they all got something 
that is happening. So on the status of the current free agent, um, Daniel Bryan, Dave Meltzer reported that the mentions of Bryan on WWE TV of late isn't an indication he's coming back, but rather he is a part of the storyline of the Roman Reigns Edge, which is true. And, quote, nobody really knows what he's doing past if he's made a secret deal with any company. They are they are keeping it a secret until doing a dramatic reveal when they want to, according to Meltzer. For John Cena, there's probably less than a 10% chance he now works SummerSlam. Or if he does, he's definitely not winning the Universal Championship because um, John Cena is filming a new movie that in Europe in August. So Cena is not even going to be in America in August. However, it's unclear how that affects the possible SummerSlam match with Roman Reigns because, quote, it's possible, according to Meltzer, he could start after or end prior to the date or even get a few days off. Other than that, his commitments appear to be clear that if he is um, to return to WWE TV to build up the match. So, And um, the final note for Paul Heyman, he has been removed from Talking Smack permanently, um, replaced by Pat McAfee. According to Meltzer, there was really no real reason for the decision, but everything can change tomorrow in WWE, which is very true. He said there are questions about how to handle Talking Smack, however, now, because when they go back out on the road, mainly because Fox doesn't want the show to air because the West Coast audience can see the show. He does, he, um, Meltzer did also say this here, that it doesn't seem to be a level concern with Raw Talk, but Raw Talk is, of course, on the USA's NBC Universal. So what's your thoughts on those three notes? What was the first one? It was Daniel Bryan. Um, right now, the reason that he's been mentioned on WWE TV because of um, because he's in the Roman Reigns Edge storyline, but it's unclear if Daniel Bryan's even going to be back with WWE yet or not, and they don't know if he's got a secret deal with anybody. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um it's it's interesting um the fact where Daniel Bryan is being mentioned I mean maybe maybe there's a chance he might come back but there's also pretty much a chance where he may not come back so there's that uh the second one was John Cena apparently not going to be able to be available for SummerSlam because he is filming a movie in Europe but he could be able to get a few days off to do the SummerSlam match. Um, yeah, um, it's not surprising knowing that John Cena has a busy movie schedule. But hey, if if the um if whoever is um making the movies um gives them a few days off for him to do SummerSlam, I mean, hey, I mean, good for them, I guess. True, but but then again, I don't see a movie company giving them a few days off because they they might be where he gets injured, which is true. Rock did get injured, um, and he yeah. did the WrestleMania twenty nine match, and and um, so yeah, um, and the third one was Paul Heyman being removed from Talking Smack permanently and being replaced by Pat McAfee. Um, it's kind of a um, shocker, to be honest. It is, because Paul Heyman was really over on that show, and he was getting talent over. Um, but now, it's yeah. just going to be Pat McAfee and Kalen Braxton, and no offense to Pat McAfee or Kalen Braxton, but Pat McAfee, you know, and Kalen Braxton are not going to be able to be themselves, so I'm not... I mean, the show is going to be less watched now, that's all I can say. 
Um, even if it, I don't even know if it was even being watched. That's the joke. <laughs> that's that's actually the real big answer because we don't even know if they were even being watched. Of course, though, um, we also had Stephanie McMahon t- um, t- talk to Variety magazine. She told Variety about how WWE live shows will look and feel different when the company returns to touring. Quote, in the Thunderdome, we were able to experience with different types of technology and we needed to over-deliver for our partners and our fans watching at home. But now we have the ability to apply all of those learnings to the live event experience with our fans. So from a production and storytelling standpoint, it will feel, it will look and feel different. We're going to uh, do, we're going to have a new setup design, a new presentation for our talents, different locations and arena yeah. setups. We're going to utilize um, argument reality our element reality in a way that we've never had before. We're experienced with a lot during the Thunderdome, but it is now going to be incorporated in, in our talents entrances. They're going to be anime graphics. It's going to be so exciting and so different than anything we've done before. So what's your thoughts on the? Hmm. It seems um, pretty interesting. I mean, the whole Thing about a new setup so does that mean that the that we're gonna have pretty much a new stage i mean not like not like we need a new stage but okay sure it, it wouldn't be that much of a big deal if if um if the stage and presentation was different because one thing i can say about today Today's um, WWE, not going to lie, other than pretty much backstage, they rarely, rarely, rarely go outside the arena. And and I've been watching, yeah, and yes, I've been watching some Raw and SmackDown episodes in, in 2001. Yeah, most of the times they're not in the arena. They're outside or whatever. Like, WWE needs to pretty much go some places else that is not in the wing or at backstage or in the arena. Yeah, I mean, it's just a wait-and-see process to me. Uh, I do know they are getting new arena setups um, for the um, entrances, but I don't know anything else. So we'll see how it looks. Um, then SmackDown looks Friday. It's just going to be Friday when we first see it. So, mm-hmm. In an interview with Talk Sport, um, Matt Riddle uh, detailed apologizing to Seth Rollins after last year's Survivor Series for a social media post his wife had made criticizing Becky Lynch's body. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Oh, um, trust me, I, I did, but <laughs> it, it uh, was just basically drama. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Riddle said that um, he said that him and Seth will never be friends. Um, he said he said they don't like one another. Um, he said we're just two different people. He said, although we both love wrestling, um, he, he, said, he said, I know my significant other said something about Becky that they didn't like, and I also did not like or agree with. Seth didn't like me after that, and I don't think Becky liked me or my wife either, which is understandable. It is what it is. Riddle um, said after Survivor Series, I tried to talk to Seth beforehand, but he kind of avoided me, and he did a bow out early in the match, which he did. Um, but that was to go on um, maternity leave for his wife. He, I think Seth was already exhausted as well. Um, especially, I would be exhausted too if I kept feuding with Rey Mysterio and Buddy Murphy too. Um, no offense. Um, 
And then, of course, after the Survivor Series, Riddle did catch up with Seth. Um, but a film crew was trying to follow them. And Riddle said, no, no. He said, don't come over here. She said, he does, don't film this. He says, between me and him. He said that they talked. He said that he um, said that he um, did not agree with what his wife said. He thought it was bullcrap. He said, it's not cool. He said, I want to apologize. And I apologize on behalf of her as well. And he thought that Seth Rollins was a great performer. And he said, if you ever had it in your heart to work with me, I would love that. And um, he, and he congratulated Seth on having a child. And Seth apparently said, holy shit. He said, I didn't expect that. He said, everything I hear from people and what I expect, that was really cool. Thank you. So, so um, But in the Royal Rumble, though, apparently when Seth gave him this curb stomp, um, that made it where Riddle said that they were not friends. So I guess Riddle um, owes him a receipt. So, of course, you know what's funny, though, Tavon? In the performance center they tell you as a student don't give receipts because the receipt means <laughs> if i punch you hard you have to punch me hard um and if and if i punch you harder you need to punch me harder so so um oh i i don't know i i mean no one listens to these performance center rules i, I can just tell you that <laughs> yeah, um during an appearance <laughs> during an appearance on busted open radio jim ross um Discussed on um, what he um, what he told out uh, the former Alistair Black, um, and Jim Ross said, "As many fans know that I listen to that listen to my podcast, which drops every Thursday, I didn't want uh, I didn't want to know. I react better if I don't know the lay of the land as much as I don't look at this theatrical performance. I look at this as a ball game, and I don't need to know who wins the game until the game is over." I was pleasantly surprised that I saw Alistair Black joined us. I saw him after the show. He shook my hand. I never met him before. He said he was glad to meet me, and likewise for me. I said, we're counting on you. We're counting on you to play in a big way, not just come in and be one of the boys, but come in and be one of the stars. I think he hadn't heard that in a while, and I think that meant a lot to him. I was trying to blow smoke. I wasn't trying to blow smoke. I was trying to um, say you're highly regarded piece of talent that we value, and we're happy you're here. So we're now looking forward to great things. You set the bar high with your debut. Now let's see where you can take um, with you. And he did set the bar pretty high. He did set the bar pretty high. And mm-hmm. in a what culture interview with the former Everrise Jeff Parker and. Um, um, who was known as Chase Parker, he said that Everrise um, were in the process of working on new material the day of their release for our end. They always great communication between whether it would be Triple H or Shawn Michaels or the coaches at the Performance Center, quote, the writing team, the producers, great communication all around. So it was, again, that's kind of why it comes as a surprise because we were still in the process of working stuff that day. And they actually were. Um, and they act, and yeah, so... Um, pretty sure Everrise is going to get a job. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about them. Any means. Um, how about this here though? Some Impact Wrestling notes. Um, so of course we have some more stuff from the Wrestling Is Ever newsletter from Dave Meltzer. Um, there's some notes for the um Impact Champion, Impact Exhibition Champion Josh Alexander, Moose, and when would Impact be going out um on the road again? So, of course, um, it was – there is a story that was going around that Moose had received a main roster offer from WWE, but Moose turned it down to stay in Impact. So Moose is now back with Impact for two more years. 
He said there were talks as Moose's deal was running out, but WW but the WWE offer would be NXT first, not uh, not one where he would go right to the main roster. So Tavon, what's your thoughts on Moose deciding to stay in Impact and be an in Impact instead of WWE? Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I mean, you would kind of expect a guy like Moose to pretty much be in WWE based on his career and impact so far. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought he was actually going to go to AEW. I actually thought he was. He did have the AEW match with Kenny Omega, and I was just, I'm, I'm very shocked about that. So, uh, Meltzer said, uh, quote, that the former knockouts champion Chelsea Green has been heavily talked about as returning to the company with her even hinting on social media about bringing back her old war of Van Ness character. Uh, Green was released from WWE in April. However, Chelsea Green did make an appearance tonight on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So I don't know if she'll be making an appearance next week for the Impact pay-per-view. That is um, Saturday. Additionally, Green is um, engaged to the Impact's Matt Cardona. That's the former Zack Ryder. Um... What's your thoughts on the Chelsea Green news? Um, good for Chelsea Green. She gets to go back in Impact and pretty much go where, continue where she left off there. True. I, I, the Laura Van Ness character is very underrated. So, um, but but I don't know if she's got a, a deal now with Ring of Honor or if she's going to be on both. Because um, I know Ring of Honor really doesn't really want to work with other people, from what I've been told so. Uh, Meltzer also reported that there is a bigger plan for the X Division champion Josh Alexander after what he's been able to do during his um, championship reign as the X Division championship. Um, but cool, that doesn't mean he's winning or losing the, um, at Ultimate X at Slammiversary, but just he's figured bigger th- um, into overall plans. So pretty much when Kenny Omega probably drops the Impact Championship, it'll probably be Josh Alexander that beats him for it. Um, when, when I hear a quote like that. And Meltzer also reported that Impact is looking at moving TV tapings to Las Vegas in front of fans later this year in a relatively smaller building. They've been running out of the Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee with no fans during the pandemic. Um, however, Slammiversary will be at the venue, but their first um, show with fans back in attendance, and they're also going to have some fans back for the TV tapings as well. Hmm. Um, for the Broken Skull Sessions... Stone Cold Steve Austin um, with Kevin Nash was pulled from the WWE Network schedule. And, and this is becoming now a, a, a tread because this is now three times in the last two months. Um, the change was reported by WWE Network News as of now no reason has been given as to why it was pulled. Neither Austin or Nash have commented on what's going on. WWE News noted that this is the third time because we've got the untold, the nexus, and WWE icons with Lex Luger that were supposed to be set to air last yeah. weekend, and that has not neither. So, three things have now happened. Um, what, what do you make of this when you hear that kind of stuff? Um, <laughs> yes, like when it. I mean, when it comes to Peacock, I mean, there better be a legitimate reason for it. Otherwise, it's just. It's just. Otherwise, it's just idiotic because, again, it, it's one of those things where the moment I found out that w- that report 
about Peacock censoring content, I was like, there, there is no way. There is no way in hell. Why would, why should I pay $9.99 for Peacock if they're just going to censor content from the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era? There's just no way. And now they're pretty much doing this. It's like, no, <laughs> there's no way. I, I agree. I don't even know what was wrong with the WWE Untold, the Nexus, or Lex Luger, or the, even the Kevin Nash. I was actually looking forward to listening to the Kevin Nash Broken Skull Sessions. I, I, I don't really watch the Broken Skull Sessions. I've only watched the one with Chris Jericho and the Undertaker and Drew McIntyre, but I've been, but, but I would have watched the Kevin Nash one. Um, but yeah, I, this is actually getting very weird now. Uh, I don't know what Peacock's doing, and I don't know what the WWE Network's doing. I don't know why the WWE Network can't even just air it in Canada and such because, you know, wait, they, it's they not still, even in Canada. It's not nowhere. No, they, they for some reason whenever Peacock doesn't want to upload it, the network won't do it neither in other countries. So, so every other country has to suffer for this as well. Mm-hmm. And all that, and all that censor stuff that you're seeing now, Savon, it's now happening with the network in other countries as well. Wow. So, so, so now basically they they're they're basically Peacock's bitch, um, for better wow. or worse. And that's the worst thing because Peacock Peacock's not even available in all the countries. No, it's not. No, it's only available in Canada, and only certain parts of Canada, from what I was oh. told. So it, it's only available well, in Canada. But only yeah, now that I found this out, I mean, man, is this all bullshit? I mean, I, I just gotta say this right here, but yeah, WWE selling their content, the Peacock, it, it is easily, easily the worst decision that they've made all all year. But they, I actually will have to agree because they've just. This Peacock to me, I mean, the only, I mean, I, and I, I, I don't even see any good benefits of Peacock right now because, yeah, because it's, usually it's sad. Can, because usually when I'm watching Peacock, I'm not even able to, like, like for example, the Smack, all those SmackDown episodes didn't even get uploaded till last month. So yeah, before then, you and, only and had they got to upload even more of them. Like they have to upload all of them by pretty much August next exactly. month. Exactly. Exactly, and, and and remember that we don't even have the WWE superstars of '96 where Stone Cold, you know, pilmanized Brian Pillman's ankle. We don't even have that. We only have superstars up to '94, and you don't even have. And and so it's it's very weird what's going on right now with that with them. Yeah. But but, but then but then again, then you get then you get over a billion dollar deal, and you know that they it, it just shows WWE didn't care about the fans. They just cared about what they thought. Yeah, I know. Which is why hopefully. Hopefully, in five years, when this when this deal ends, when Vince gets his billion dollars and ones and ones with it, hopefully he doesn't re-sign with Peacock because, like, no, no, we we gotta we gotta get out of this deal. We gotta get the one billion, take it, one home with it, and bring the WWE back network back to where it belongs in the United States of America. Well, all I know is the reason that they did sell this was because the network subscribers were actually going down, actually, yeah. as well, because the network subscribers, of course. But then again, Vince did think that this WWE network in America was going to sell like Netflix. He thought, we have 10 million subscribers. You charge $10 a piece. We're going to be ultimately rich. And they never even gotten anywhere over 2 million since the network. They don't even have over 2 million in other countries. And I think in other countries, they're less than... They're less than nine hundred some thousand that have the network in other countries. So, 
And remember, in other countries, it's actually cheaper in some parts. So, yeah. um, of course, on WWE main event this week, uh, Veer with Jinder Mahal and Shanky defeated Jeff Hardy. Um, it was a just a squash match in four minutes, and we had Angel Garza defeat Shelton Benjamin. Garza played a babyface for the first time ever, um, and Shelton Benjamin played a heel, which was really weird. So, so um, but Garza won. Of course, we got some um, New Japan news where Kota Bushi is off the New Japan Summer Struggle shows due to vaccine um, vaccine side effects. So we do hope um, Kota Bushi gets um, well and healthy again um, and takes his time getting back. For Friday Night Smackdown now, we're going to be going ahead and get into, into this show. Um, Tavon, did you see the show and what did you think of Smackdown Friday? Yes, uh, I saw this show. Um, it was pretty much a, a good show as always. And knowing that it's the last Thunderdome Smackdown, they really ended um, the Thunderdome on Smack and Smackdown pretty much in a in a high note. Exactly. I thought they were going to end it in a very like lazy note, but they didn't. And and it was actually a really good show. Um, of course, the show opens up with Roman Reigns. I didn't think that we were going to see him this week. They piped in the fake booze, the loud Roman sucks chants. Roman noted that there's a lot of stuff he didn't like um, about last week. He was furious that Edge claimed he, um, that Edge was um, that he's scared of Edge. Reigns mentioned he had a few seconds of fear when Edge had him in the crossface, but Reigns said, "Quote any fighter," and mentioned Brock Lesnar. Mentioned he, Reigns said. That the few seconds of fear to beat Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, Reigns turned his attention to Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso made his way to the ring last week. Uso pointed out that he called Edge out for him, but he was on vacation. And Reigns got mad about that comment. He said, vacation? Vacation? <laughs> he said, if anybody deserves a vacation, it should be me. But no, I didn't go on vacation. I went and did what you couldn't do. And then he got the other Uso back. He got Jay Uso back. <laughs> and boy, boy did Jimmy, boy did Jimmy uh, regret running his mouth. I, I literally said, I said, oh shit, he done did it now. I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't even know why the hell he would even say that. I don't even know why the hell Jimmy Uso would say that. Like, like he called him out. Like, like he was a bad, a big bad motherfucker on that one. So, so then Rain said that that all he ever wanted was to um, have the Usos back. And Jay Uso said that he wasn't back for Roman. He wasn't back for Jimmy. He was back for himself. And to be the seven-time SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And, of course, Reigns pointed out that they just have to do things his way, which is together. Reigns opened his arms and embraced the Usos. They hugged, and Reigns looked in the camera. Reigns and the Usos, this was a great segment. The hug at the end is perfect. So now we've got the official bloodline now officially back. Um, Tavon, what are your thoughts on that? It was a good, oh, it was a good opening um segment. Yeah, I liked. Yeah, I liked when um, <laughs> I liked when woman um, pretty much told Edge that that sure there there may have been a little bit of fear, but but what happened when that fear happened? He pretty much. Got through it and pretty much stacked them, smashed them, stacked them, and pinned them and made a exactly. T-shirt. 
Exactly, he did. Yeah. So, 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 I, so, so but, 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 man, that that was actually uh, it was a good segment, and I liked it. Good opener. Uh, of course, then we had a in the back. Caleb Braxton interviewed Baron Corbin. He mentioned his recent financial problems. He said now the bank is now starting to call him, and he might be homeless. Um, he promised to win the Money in the Bank ladder match and get back on track. So Corbin comes out. He doesn't even have entrance music no more, which I don't understand that in any reason. Like, you work for this company. This company should give you entrance music. So then Corbin and Nakamura had so, – so then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out as well. Um, and before Shinsuke comes out, it's Big E. Like Biggie comes out and he's wearing the ba- and he's wearing a Bailey shirt because Bailey did tear her ACL in training, and of mm-hmm. course, and then of course, um, Biggie invited Pat McAfee to sit with him on the couch, and then they made jokes about Baron Corbin's hairline, and then <laughs> they were and then they danced to Shinsuke Nakamura's theme while Pat McAfee's feet were soaking in water, which <laughs> was weird as hell. I'm like, okay, so then Shinsuke beat Baron Corbin. This was ten minutes too long should have just been three minutes should have been just a minute actually um but i actually did like before the match corbin just beat the shit out of nakamura and then rick boots threw him in a corner (laughs) so then but then of course the finish just comes literally with nakamura went for the king shotsa but corbin countered with a clothesline then the finish came with nakamura hitting a series of knees and then the king shotsa for the victory Nakamura um, qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. So the money, so the men's Money in the Bank ladder match should really be really really good. Um, mm-hmm. After the match, McAfee and Biggie rocked out to Nakamura's music. In the back, Jimmy Uso was apologizing to Jay for everything he said. Jay accepted the apology um, because they're family. Jay wondered if they should try to take out Edge before um, Reigns does it tonight. And then, of course, we have a non-title um, match. It's the women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina. Remember, they were supposed to be feud with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Yeah. I guess that feud's over now. Um, so then they said that there was this new tag team that wanted to challenge them. And it was now their new names, Shotzi and Knox. That's her, their new names. Uh, of course, that's the Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. And throughout this match, they didn't mention the mystery team until right before the break. And literally, Shotzi took over on Natalia and hit the ball's pit for the victory. It was a three-minute match. Um, and Shotzi Blackheart dedicated that victory to her dad, who um, recently just died uh, this past year. So good Aww. stuff. So, so, good, so good, good victory for Shotzi and Knox. And more than likely, Shotzi and Knox are going to be winning the Women's Tag Team Championships because... I don't see anybody else really beating them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, in the back, Megan Morant, no relation to John Morant, uh, interviewed Edge. He promised to call out Roman Reigns later tonight. He wondered if Reigns had the guts to answer the challenge without the Usos. So then we had Sonya Deville make another announcement for um, Bailey's replacement. Sonya Deville came out and announced that she didn't want to ever have to do this, but Bailey suffered an injury during a training session, and she'd be out for nine months. Of course, Bailey did um, discuss a video. She had a better video though on Twitter. Of course, she, she thought and she thanked you know everybody for the Thunderdome and stuff. But on TV, she had to cut a heel promo. She yeah. said that it was the fans' fault that that she was injured, and it was the fans' fault that they never appreciated her. And she said that she was going to try and win back her championship. And she said, and she says, whoever's the champion when she comes back, she said, she said, she said they're just a placeholder. So then Sonya Deville wished Bailey um, the best of luck in hopes that she has a speedy recovery. 
And, of course, Sonya Deville said that Bianca Belair would no longer be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, but would be defending it the Friday um, go-home show on the Money in the Bank. So then, Deville announced that Belair's opponent will be Carmella. Carmella came to the ring and Carmella said, Sonya, you forgot to mention two-time Miss (laughs) Money in the Bank and... The most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> and then, then Lynn Morgan's music hit. And I, and I knew her already right there. Lynn Morgan was like, are you kidding me, Sonya? Are you kidding me again? We're really doing this again? So then, Sonya, so then Lynn Morgan's pissed off. And Lynn Morgan's <laughs> like getting ready to just throw him. Like basically cuss this woman out. And then Sonya Deville gets pissed off and says, hey. She's like, I was going to make an announcement before you had to come out here and be all rude. She said, she said, she said I was going to say that Carmella's replacement in the Money in the Bank is Liv Morgan. Yes. She said, now if you, she said, now if you don't get the hell out of my ring, she said, I'll make sure that you can't compete no more. <laughs> and then <laughs> Liv Morgan, after just being insulted by Sonya, says, Thank you. And then runs away. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, way to make a baby face now. I'm like, that's a real baby face right there. <laughs> so then Lynn Morgan said that she hoped Carmella won so that way she could cash in her money in the bank on Carmella. And then Bianca Belair comes out. Um, Bianca Belair is always just happy. Like, always happy. Always yeah, happy. Yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just like, I'm just like, how can you be happy? Like, Lynn Morgan just insulted you too. Like, so then Belair um, says she did not know if Bailey was faking an injury or not, but <coughs> Belair said that they can wait to settle their problems when she heals. Belair then told Carmella that she um, would see her next week. In the back room, Paul Heyman told Roman Reigns that Edge is calling him out and that he questioned his manhood. So, of course, Reigns was pissed off. And I love how <laughs> Paul Heyman throughout the whole show says, my tribal chief. <laughs> this, this poor man, this poor man, be saying the tribal chief like, like, he's like, he's like oh, my tribal chief. Uh, Edge said this comment about you. <laughs> so, so, so then we had our Money in the Bank qualifier with Kevin Owens on commentary joining Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. Uh, we had a bunch of mania moment as well because Michael Cole said, Kevin, did you know this is your fifth Money in the Bank ladder match? And Kevin said, really? He said, I find that hard to believe. And Cole said, okay, well, I'll Google it. And then <laughs> Cole said, Kevin, you're right. It was four. And Kevin's like, yeah, I, I knew I've been in two, and then one I forgot about. Okay, and now I'm in this one. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you forgot you were in a Money in the Bank ladder match too. Okay, great. So, so of course, we had Cesaro and Rollins. They had a great match, three and two quarters. I This was the match of the night on SmackDown. I definitely love this. They got 18 minutes and 17 seconds. They both really worked hard. They told a great story, and they protected Cesaro, too. Cesaro, you know, they actually don't even do blood on WWE. And, Tavon, they gave you blood in this match. They actually <laughs> yeah. gave you blood. They actually mm-hmm. gave you blood. They, and, and of course, um, how it happened was Cesaro literally got pushed. He Seth Rollins took off the turnbuckle um, um, part. And then Kevin Owens made a reference saying, that referee should really put that turnbuckle thing back on there. <laughs> and, then, and then Cesaro then got his head bashed into there after Rollins had moved. And then, of course, you know, they protected Cesaro the best way they could. Before they beat him six ways to Sunday, they let Cesaro get, like, a count out. They let, they let Cesaro um, survive two count outs. 
after he got DDT'd on the floor, after he got pushed into the um, announce table. And then, of course, after Cesaro was then, just after Cesaro was, you know, given a DDT and everything, Cesaro got back in the ring and he got curb stomped for good measure and Rollins qualified for the Money in the Bank. What did you think of this match, Javon? Um, yeah, it was a good match. I'll agree with you. They did protect it, Cesaro, really well. But, of course, when it... Of course, my my experience differs solely on solely on this. I, I really, I really thought Cesaro was going to win this one. I had Cesaro winning this one because I originally had him winning the Money in the Bank contract but okay Seth Wallins won so unfortunately Cesaro he's not gonna be in at money in the bank so yeah yep. it, it looks like I'm gonna have to go with Big E on this one I think he'll win money in the bank and you know it just tells me now Tavon it it means now Cesaro's back at the spot he was always meant to be I mean he got the contract extension they gave him his push they gave him Wrestlemania victory they gave him victories over Daniel Bryan. He he then got a championship match with Roman Reigns. Yeah. And ever since then, they just put him back in his spot. So now Cesaro's got a five-year deal. He's going to make a lot of money. But the problem is he's now relegated back to, you know, back to being where he was at. A great <sighs> mid-card Which is hand. unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. It, but but it, no worries, Zach, because you know what? Knowing that He's not gonna be at Money in the Bank. I actually, I actually pretty much changed my um WrestleMania card. It's the it's the same matches, but it's different ways. Instead of Big E winning the Royal Rumble and um Cesaro winning the Money in the Bank this year, I actually got Big E winning Money in the Bank and Cesaro winning next year's Royal Rumble. Definitely, um, but but I will say this year though, I mean. Maybe Cesaro might win the Royal Rumble next year, but I don't even know. I mean, I mean, WWE just has told me now that Cesaro's back to now being just a regular guy on TV. In the back, the Usos yeah. approached Edge's locker room door. Jimmy um, went to knock on the door, but Jay told him to wait until Edge leaves. And then back from break... They just get a patient, <laughs> and Jimmy Uso just goes in there, <laughs> and then Edge is not even in the damn locker room. So Caleb Braxton interviewed Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was happy as hell. He hugged Kayla, he celebrated <laughs> qualifying for the Lady of the Bank ladder match, and he, he noted that he's going to cash in on Roman Reigns once before. He thinks he should be getting the championship match at Money in the Bank, and then Edge came up behind him, and he said, Kayla, he said, where the hell are you going? He said, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> and then, and then Ed said, he said, he said, I thought I'd find someone with this whiny, nasally, <laughs> annoying voice. And 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 Ronald's like, what the hell do you want? He said, what the hell do you want? He said, he said, he, and Ed said, still the same old step, huh? From 2014, he said, he said, I didn't forget. <laughs> and of course, in 2014, yeah, Sep was going to kill Edge literally. <laughs> so so then, of course, he says, and, and they and they and then of course. Um, Edge promised to call out uh, Reigns, but he said, and then Rollins was furious. <laughs> he walked away. So, so we are going to be getting an Edge Seth Rollins match down the road. We just don't know. Yeah, when. probably at SummerSlam. Maybe, maybe. Um, they recapped Otis destroying the Street Profits in the back, and Chad Gable noted, "It doesn't matter if you're the Street Profits, Edge, or Roman Reigns. Otis destroyed 
Otis added that they'll destroy everyone. So then we had our main event segment. Edge mocked Roman Reigns and the Usos for reunite earlier in the night. Edge showed um, still shots of Reigns and Jimmy Uso in the crossface with the um, the Glasgow kiss or the Glasgow smile or whatever the hell it's called. So then, of course, then we had Reigns, Paul Heyman, and the Usos watch backstage. Edge demanded Reigns come to the ring right now. Reigns stood up and told the Usos to stay in the back. He wants to handle this on his own. Reigns gave Heyman his championship and told him to stay right in the back too. Reigns slowly walked into the ring. In the back, Jimmy thinks it's a trap, and so the Usos head to the ring. The Usos make their way to the ringside. Fun fact, all these entrances take five minutes because there are because they got so much TV time left, and Paul Levesque and they were like, okay, Go out there and just, we're going to keep giving you entrance music. So <laughs> so then, Reigns was unhappy, but they showed up, and then Edge called him a coward. Reigns slowly entered the ring and faced off with Edge, and then Edge and Reigns started brawling in the ring. Suddenly, Rey Mysterio's music hit, and the Usos got on the uh, top of the um, ring, and then Dominic and Reigns just hit them with steel chairs. So actually, the Usos were right. Reigns was getting ready to be in a trap. He technically was. So then, of course, Edge hit a DDT on Reigns and set up for the spear. Jimmy grabbed Edge's leg, and then Jimmy hit a super kick. The Mysterios jumped back in the ring and hit double 619s on the Usos. Edge then hit the spear on Jay Uso. Edge broke off the piece of the chair and both gave Usos the cross faces to end the show, and Reigns just walked away and um, watched from the ramp. So, And that was the last ever Thunderdome. We have Reigns walking away and the Usos getting... I'm tapping out. So, um, also, uh, forgot one, mention one other thing. Tony Storm coming soon to SmackDown as well. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so that was the only thing. Um, Tavon, what is your thoughts on this main event segment? Because I didn't really like the main event segment. I, I was already sick of it. Um, <laughs> and I saw Edge was going to do that again because I don't like this storyline with what they're doing with Edge. Yeah. Yeah. It it was okay. I mean, but I I I thought it was good. It, it was basically Edge pretty much given <laughs> some poetic justice to Roman, pretty much. Yeah, of course. Pat McAfee and Kalen Braxton announced on Talking Smack if you watched it um, on Peacock the next day that the main event of SmackDown's Go Home Show will be Roman Reigns and the Usos facing. Edge and the Mysterios in a six-man tag match. Mm. So, so that will be SmackDown next Friday. So now yes. that we've gotten all that now done, we are going to officially get into our sixth episode of WandaVision. Of course, it's the episode that um, Tavon. Did you see this episode? Mm-hmm. Of course, this episode is the all-new Halloween spectacular. This did air the week of Halloween. Um, and it, um, of course, one division episodes always aired on Fridays and everything. They would air, they would be uploaded by 4 a.m. So, of course, I never saw this at 4 a.m., but I did see this at 4 p.m. on that day. So, so of course they, of course they recap you of the fifth episode and what was going on about how one about how Vision now thinks Wanda's um, hiding something, and then we got the um, returning Pedro. So then, of course. In this episode that we get, it's literally the opening sequence is Malcolm in the Middle. 
That's literally what it ah. is. <laughs> it's Malcolm in the Middle. It's good old nineties. Yep, yep. It's it. It literally was that. So that so that was the entire. That was the whole entire thing about One Division, <laughs> right there. Um, so now we're actually now we're actually now like in the. Are we in the nineties now or the two thousand? Because because this sounds nineties. Episode okay. one was the fifties. Two was the sixties. Three was the seventies. Yep. Yep. Five was the eighties, and yeah, yes. six is the nineties. Yep. So, so of course so that means it, seven could be the two thousands. Exactly. Uh, of course, I, I actually found this weird how the opening, like literally, these kids have a camera, and they literally like put this camera right up to Agnes's ass, and Agnes is in their kitchen <laughs> stealing their food. And it I'm says like, naughty. <laughs> well, but, well, here's the, here's the other question too. Why is Agnes in their kitchen stealing their food? Doesn't she have food? <laughs> like that's the whole that was the whole goddamn point. Like like remember when she used to give food and now she doesn't and then of course now Pedro Maximoff is in this show. So I guess he's supposed to be like the older brother of the WandaVision. Like I I guess he's supposed to be like the older brother of the Malcolm in the Middle cuz cuz then the older brother of the Malcolm in the Middle like go to like military camp or some bullshit like that. I <laughs> I I, I, I I watched Malcolm in the Middle, but I have forgotten so much about that show. A fun fact about Frankie Muniz, who played on that show, he doesn't even do acting no more. He's actually a um, guitar guy. Hmm. Yeah, he's actually a guitar guy for a band. So so um, he actually did not like acting, actually. So so he, so and he actually looks way different. So of course this is the Halloween show, and of course the, of course the kids have to play the Frankie Muniz. They have to talk to this camera, and we have to pretend like, why aren't the other parents thinking they're not um, some weirdos or some, <laughs> um, you know, got some sick personality? So these kids are making breakfast and shit, and you don't know what the hell's going on. Um, and then they were playing some like, like, dance game and all this shit. So then, of course, they, you know, so of course they they trying to prank Wanda's brother, but Pedro's up and awake. And then Pedro pranks them back, and and then of course and then of course um, Wanda comes down, and, and, and I'm just and, and, and like you, you know for some reason like it, it, Pedro's like I, I, it, it makes you think like these kids are just like awoke from like somewhere, but Wanda <laughs> just comes down as like little Red Riding Hood, you know just just show, just showing off everything. <laughs> it's basically just, her old costume from the comics. But like, and and then the kids make fun of her and say, "Are you old Red Riding Hood?" And, and she said, "No, I'm a Soviet fortune teller." <laughs> and 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 then and then of course the kids like say that is so, and then Pedro says lame, and they say red. Um, so then apparently they cut like back to where the kids. We're like having trick or treats in Slovakia, and literally this old woman with one eye gave them a fish. <laughs> and and then of course and then of course like Wanda said that that's not how she remembered it, and of course the kids say mom's been acting weird since Uncle Pedro moved in. I think it's because she hasn't. And, and then of course this dude's like acting like a man child. He actually is. And then Vision comes down. I don't even know what the fuck Vision was dressed as. I don't even know what he was supposed <laughs> to be. Um. 
This old costume it, from the well, comics. Well, 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 Pedro makes fun of him. He said, what are you supposed to be, a traffic light? A half-shut <laughs> cord? A booger? And then Vision said, yes. He said, yes, I got it right. So, no offense, but he thought he had the traffic one right, right too, man. I mean, no offense. Why is this dude dressing like a traffic light? I'm like, I'm like what the hell is wrong with this guy? And, and then it's actually – He's supposed to be like a secret Mexican wrestler. I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, I know Mexican wrestlers, and they don't even dress like that. Like, <laughs> like, like I, 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 well, well, Ray Mysterio. I mean, I mean, I mean, even Psychosis. I mean, none of these guys dress like that. I mean, I don't understand <laughs> that. I mean, I mean, I understand Ray Mysterio's Halloween Havoc gear might be, you know, a little crazy, but it wasn't yeah. this crazy of what Vision was doing. <laughs> So then Vision said that he was going to be doing um, border patrol tonight for, like, the neighborhood for some reason. And he told Wanda and them that they would have to go alone and Pedro was going to be coming with them. So then we go back into the place. And literally, they put a stretcher out for this, like, drone that she threw back in there. They literally <laughs> put a stretcher out for this drone that got thrown back in there. I'm like... Like you know, the drone doesn't have feelings, right? And then, and then and then you got Gordon, and then you got this guy Haywood saying like, "I want an analysis on that." Like, like you got four people working on this drone. Like she just threw the damn drone. Like it wasn't like she threw it hard either. Like she just said like, "Here's your toy back." So then, of course, Darcy and these guys, they're all just like they, they, they all are now annoyed by him. And everything like that. So, and and he doesn't like give a damn anymore. And I can't blame him for not giving a damn anymore because no offense. I mean, I mean. So Dar- I love how Darcy said, "Like there he is, the guy who almost got himself murdered by his own squad." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Haywood said, "Do you work for me?" She said, "Actually, I don't know." And Monica Rambo said, "She's with me." He said, "I see." And which one is the sassy friend? And then James Z. Wu has to say, <laughs> "There's no time to diminish your colleagues." Like, so yeah, we do have the sassy one right there. Okay. <laughs> so then he said, and then Haywood said, "Maxwell is not going to negotiate with us. We're going to take her out. This nightmare ends." And then, and then she's, and then of course Monica Rambo has to like give this man like some like clarity, saying like, "We don't even know." What's happening in there or, or, or out here if Wanda dies? And then, of course, he – and then, of course, Haywood says, so we're just going to let her just run a place. And then and then she says, well, we're clearly antagonizing her. If Wanda is the problem, she has to be our solution. And then Haywood says, Captain Monica, you become impossible to be with on this mission. He said, considering – Advocating on behalf of superheroes, yes, I know your history with Clyde Davis. You know, you people who left still the luxury of opportunism. And then, Savon, this is kind of where you and I probably were like pausing and saying, you people. Like, really? Like, <laughs> so now we know he doesn't like black people now. He said, you have no idea what it was like, what it took to keep the lights on. And she says, don't make that excuse. She said, don't make the last five years an excuse to be a coward. And he said, maybe it's a good thing you weren't here when your mother died. <gasps> oh, shit. He said, clearly, because you don't have the stomach for this job. And I saw she didn't punch the shit out of him. He said, get her off my face. Now, all of them. So I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you didn't man. punch this guy? I'm like, oh, man. So then, and then of course, James E. was like trying to say, hey, what's over clearly stepping his boundaries? He said, he's up to something. And then they just punch the soldiers and shit. 
Except Darcy, <laughs> because Darcy just sits there and just watches him get punched. No, 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 no offense. I would have helped Darcy too. You, you know, I would, I would probably gave Darcy comfort, and then Darcy would say, "Why did anyone tell me this plan?" <laughs> <laughs> so then they just take all the bodyguards and then they just put on the trench coats of the guards of security, and. They're still on the base, so 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 this is actually some bad stuff right here. Like, no offense, our security sucks. Like, you know, you know, I'm starting to realize this security is like is worse as WWE's. Remember in <laughs> WWE, they were like getting people kidnapped in the damn parking lot of NXT, and now yeah. <laughs> and, and then of course these kids are now in the competition. One of these kids are now in the competition gets who gets the most candy, and they're basically using their powers right there out in the open. And then, of course, uh, like, Wanda's, like, trying to, like, now go down memory lane with, like, Pedro and say, what was the name of the kid who always tried to steal your boots? You know, he had, you know, he had the skin thing. And then Pedro's like, you're testing me. She's like, no, I'm not. He says, hey, it's cool. I know I look different. (laughs) And then Wanda's like, why do you look different? He said, you tell me. I mean, I found a charade, and I wouldn't be reminded of the past either. And then these kids are already back, and, like, apparently, they, apparently they're already... And, and I didn't like when Pedro said this comment. He said, Uncle P. <laughs> I'm like, look, you're not Uncle Phil. Like, why did you even say this? This was terrible. I was a fan. So then Herb comes. So then Wanda sees Herb, and, and, she says, and she says, hey, Herb, how's patrol going? And Herb said, eh, quite so far. Hold up, Lee. He said, say again. He said, he said all the candy has disappeared. <laughs> He said, and then all these people are saying, who took all the candy? How do you not see these people literally running? There's three fucking people right there, and they're smashing pumpkins, too, on top of it. He said, now everyone's covered in silly string? So, apparently, whenever they run fast, all the people are pausing. And then, of course, and, and then, of course, like, Herb said, sorry, Wanda, I got to bounce. And, and, sh- and then she said, said, oh, is Vision on con- control with you? He said, no, Vision isn't. And she said, oh, I thought he, uh, okay. And then, and then Herb said, like, is there something I can do for you, Wanda? He said, do you want something changed? She said, no, it's fine, never mind. So, so now it's starting to get, like, really weird. And then Herb doesn't even realize that he has silly string on him. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even realize. So then Vision starts walking down all the, he starts really walking down everywhere in Westview. He's, like, seeing, like, everybody, you know, smiling, laughing, and all this. You know, he sees a bunch of kids, and then all of a sudden, he pauses in this house. There's this woman, and it's it, this is creepy as fuck, Tavon, because she's holding the pin, but she can't put the other one up. <laughs> I was basically and her, laughing. And, and her hands are now, like, all purple and shit, and she's, like, tearing up because her hands hurt. So and then the husband right, and then the husband in the background, he keeps putting down the trick or treat thing, and then keeps you know putting it up. So then of course we get our commercial of the night. It's actually more weirder. This is actually like um, <laughs> it's like the Danos commercial, like when when you used to get like those little like those little like yogurt things that were like like a smoothie or whatever, like in the cup or, or in the bottle or whatever. The, the kids of Zach and Cody used to advertise that shit all the time. And then the kid said, I'm so hungry. <laughs> because he's on a high end. And then the shark says, hungry? He said, I used to be like that all the time. And the kid said, what did you do? He said, snacked on your magic, bro. <laughs> now I have time to fit. And then he said, can I have something? He said, yeah, here you go, little dude. 
And then the shark just swims right back in, and then the kid can't open the damn thing. <laughs> and he dies because he couldn't open the damn thing. Uh. And I'm like, that's a commercial? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they called it a snack for survivors. What the hell is wrong with you people? Like, you can just kill somebody. So then, of course... They're at the movie theaters, and then, fun fact, right behind the movie theaters, it says, The Incredibles, The Parent Trap. <laughs> some Easter so, eggs. Exactly. So I was like, I said, oh, so we've got some Easter eggs on the night. So, and then, of course, like, um, so, so then Pedro and Wanda keep going down memory lane, and Pedro says, I'm just trying to do my part. Come to town unexpectedly, create tension, stir up trouble with the Rugrats, and, give, and ultimately give you grief. I mean... This is what you wanted, isn't it? And then Wanda said, what happened to your accent? He said, what happened to yours? <laughs> Details are fuzzy, man. <laughs> he said, I get shot like a chump on the street for no reason at all. And the next thing I know, I hear you're calling me. I know you needed me. And then this gets like weird as hell. So then these kids keep calling this guy Uncle P. And I'm getting mad at these kids. I'm like, he's not your uncle. And he's not even a P. Just call Pedro or whatever. <laughs> And then, and then, of course, they, like, literally steal more candy and get high fives for it. I'm like, you guys have been stealing candy for, like, five hours. Like, Jesus. Like, there cannot be that much candy left in the world. So then this kid keeps running around, and then Wanda just grabs him out of nowhere. She said, she, if you're going to break the sound barrier, please take your brother with you. So, yeah. So then so then the kids get upset because he didn't want his brother with him. And then, and then of course, Wanda says, don't go past Ellis Avenue. Which, of course, Vision's going to probably be doing. So then we're back at the military base because, you know, security sucks there. <laughs> and then these guys are just running all in. And they get back into the building and everything. And, you know, they start, and they start. And then, of course, Monica wants to get back on to get back into Westview. And then Darcy was able to help them now. And, and they were able to. Get the data off all of Hayward's devices. So then they get all the devices off. And then literally you can see Vision in the devices moving up closer and closer to the Ellis Avenue. Because it's like a big red dot. And you probably wonder how they got Vision saying. They probably got some like tracking on Vision or something. But they, but they don't know it's Vision. They just say it's like some titanium or something. So... So then, of course, Vision keeps walking up more forward. And as Vision's walking up more forward, everyone's pausing. And no one's moving. And everyone's now... And now the lights are starting to flicker. And you literally got this woman now with the kids. They're literally just standing there with the Halloween. Vision's more freaked out than anything. And then Vision starts talking to this woman that can't even hear. You know, you know what this reminded me of when Vision was talking to this woman that couldn't hear anything? It reminded me of I Am Legend when Will Smith went <laughs> into the movie store and was talking to that mannequin woman. And Vision's like, are you waiting for something? He said, hello. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that. I'm like, I'm like, Vision, I said, you need to get the hell back home, man, because this is a weird place, bro. I said, <laughs> I said, dude, this is really weird for you now. So then Vision just starts turning into his actual Vision self. And then, of course, he flies, and he sees this car. This car is literally just right there. It stopped. It's not moving or anything. 
and then Vision, you know, see, and then Vision, of course, sees this car, and then he goes down, and it's Agnes. He said, Agnes? He said, what are you doing? Agnes then starts talking off the bike and said, guess I got lost. And Vision starts <laughs> making a joke, and she's like, eh, 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 eh. like I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, you're creeping me out. Like, and... <laughs> And then, and then, of course, and then, and then, Vince is like saying, like, I, and then I was like, like, I don't know what's going on, but my plan is to get out and talk to the people of Westview and help <laughs> us. And, and, and he's, he's like, he's like talking like he's a governor or something. That's what's weird about the whole thing. And then Agnes, and then, and then of course, he put his hands on Agnes and shit. And Agnes is like, oh, your vision. She's like, you're dead. He said, "You're one of the Avengers, but you're dead." Like, and then Vision's like, "Dead, dead." Like, so then Vision just put his hands back on her and shit, <laughs> because I guess Vision didn't want to hear he's dead, which I kind of can't blame him because no offense. And then, and then of course, you literally hear Vision like say he's going to do this, and then Agnes then starts laughing and goes back to her normal stuff and drives away. I'm like, okay, so I mean. So I don't know what the hell Vision did, but Vision now has made this woman now controllably laugh crazy, or maybe this woman really is a witch. I don't know. Um, so then, of course, we have then Vision starting to walk closer. You know, he's already past Ellis Avenue now, and he keeps walking closer, and he keeps walking closer, and then and, that, and now they got tracking on this motherfucker and shit, so. And then, of course, Monica Rambo says that she wants to go back in there. And then Darcy Lewis has to tell her that she can't go back in there because her blood cells don't have any. And now if she goes back in there, she'll basically be dead. And Monica says, oh, if I go back in there, all I'm just going to have is some low-rise jeans. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you go going to have worse than that. <laughs> so then, of course, um, so then, of course, right after that, we then get, like, this big old light and stuff right here. And like, and then you're probably like wondering like what's going on next. Now they already now Monk is like basically going to get back in there for some way or somehow. And she takes James with her, and they just drive off, which is like weird. And then of course, and then of course, you go back to the Halloween party, and and basically like now Pedro and like Wanda are talking and everything like this. I felt like Pedro and Wanda kept talking way too much in this show, man. Because, like, the best parts were literally <laughs> Vision and shit. But, man, he's, like, trying to discover shit. And, like, all Wanda keeps doing is, like, thinking that she's got, like, all these, like, like, like all these issues. And, and, and then, like, so, so then it just gets more weirder. So then, of course, here's how it goes. Like, Wanda sees Pedro dead. Like, she can actually now start seeing people, like, when they're actually dead and stuff. And then the people in the military base now know what the hell's happening. So they go outside, and they start looking for Vision. Vision goes up to this big old laser thing, and he opens it up. And as he opens it up, you know, he's actually coming out of there. And and then, and then of course, as Vision's coming out of there, they already got their guns and shit ready to go for this motherfucker, because they're getting ready to kill him. You know? And all Vision was trying to say to Hayward and them is the people of Westview need help. But if Vision goes out of the Westview area, Vision dies because mm. he's technically dead. 
So then we start realizing that. And then this is the part where Darcy Lewis, like, really tries to help Vision. And, like, they just stand there and just say, the motherfucker doesn't want to get out of there. We'll just make him get out of there. <laughs> and I'm just like, and Darcy's like, you idiots, he's dying, he's dying. He's like, he's dying. And then, and then, of course, they just handcuff her to a car. I'm like, why would you handcuff this woman to a car? Do you guys not know the definition of security? <laughs> like, in any means, do they not know what the definition of security is? I, I really did feel bad for Kat Dinkses on this because I, I really wanted to give her a hug and stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I like, I mean, I would have used the handcuffs in bed, but I wouldn't have been handcuffing her to no car. I mean, um, but, but that's just my two cents. So then, of course, one of the Vision's kids can actually hear like Vision dying and stuff, and then like then the kids actually just go over there and they and they just tell their mom, and that was a good thing to do. They told their mom. Perfect thing to do. And they said, Mom, they can hear Dad dying, and they can hear him in trouble. And then Pedro said, like, oh, it's not like your dead husband can die again. So then, <laughs> this was the funniest part. This wanted to, like, kidnap the, wanted to, like, just spearhead that motherfucker into a pile of hay for that comment. So, so, so I actually, I actually did, like, I, I laughed about that part. And then, of course, Vision's, like, almost on his way to dying. And I don't know how Wanda does this. But Wanda's able to legit, legit just start making all the power and get Westview literally taken over into Westview. Like, now now she controls all of probably New Jersey. So, of course, you know, Wanda did say, like, if, you know, fucked with them again, she would make them pay. Obviously, Tavon, they don't know what the definition of payment means. Because because Dave's and Monica are in the damn car, and they're like, "What the hell is that?" He's like, "He's like, it's moving. Go, 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 go!" And then the thing is, more further, hey, what do these guys don't know what to do? And they're like, "Okay, okay, you know what? We're just gonna run like some cowards." Like, so you know what? Congratulations! So now we have no security that can stop Wanda, which is sad because this is actually technically one live Avenger. And what's funny is the guy that handcuffed Darcy said. Oh, you're not gonna help me? Like, so they just let Darcy handcuffed. I said, poor Darcy. Oh, good. Oh, Darcy got killed on that one. So then, poor Darcy. Oh, man. Oh, man. So then, you, you literally see them all running away, and poor Darcy's like, and Darcy's like, oh, she, she ain't gonna cuss, so she just says fudge. I would have actually just started cussing, to be honest, because I'm like, I'm like, how, how, how you, how you just like get me, how you just get me like killed like that? They basically just killed her. So then they take a, a helicopter plane. The damn plane gets gets and then everything starts turning into the circus. They all do. The guys running, they turn into clouds. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because you guys really were clouds. That was a whole joke. <laughs> then you got people turning into the vibes. The cars turn into funnel cakes. And they start driving faster. And literally the show ends with Haywood saying, He's getting on the mic. And he's saying, can anyone hear me? Over. Like, and they saw like two other motherfuckers in the car. Oh, you other motherfuckers, you just killed your whole entire platoon for nothing. They killed their entire platoon for nothing. So, and, and, and uh, I don't even know why Haywood even thought any of this was even going to work. So, so now we only got three people alive from the sword. And we only got two people in Monica and James that can actually save Westview. Because the other, because the other three ain't going to be able to do it. Because hey, we're just pissed off someone, 
And you just lost Darcy. You just lost all of your intelligence. So, man, what a funny episode for episode six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely funny. <laughs> so, so, so now we've got three episodes left now of WandaVision. Episode seven, we will be back to review that show Thursday along with Raw, NXT, and AEW. So, and we're also going to be reviewing um, an NBA Finals game that also takes place in game four. So, Tavon, we will definitely be having a three-hour show come Thursday. So, But yeah. the good news is, though, we are off till Thursday, people, um, and everything like that. So, so it should be, should be a good show to just – finally now, and of course we'll be back for Friday Night SmackDown the next day. Um, but that's all for the Keeping It 200. We're going to go ahead and get to our 200 moment of the night. Our 200 moment of the night is sponsored by Space Jam 2. That movie comes out July 14th. That is less than two days now, two sleeps away. LeBron James is now getting is now going to be traveling to the AI Rogue to take on Don Cheadle's Toon Gloom Squad to rescue his son back. So it is definitely a movie. It comes out the same day on HBO Max, and it comes out in theaters the same day. So we're going to go ahead and take it to our 200 moment of the night with Shasuke by Little Uzi Vert. This is not no novel over I trap that like Sasuke. She keep trying to clean me up, but I just want that sloppy. Toppy, 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 toppy. On the ops block, I'm the main fucking toppy. Say you for my bitch, man, my latest is your toppy. All right, Tavon, 200 moment of the night. All right, so... Here's something that I pretty much never expected, but on this day, July 12th in, 19, in 1992, Jimmy Snooker actually won the ECW heavyweight title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. ECW really was a weird place when you think about it. It really yeah. was. Um Never thought I, I never even knew that. So that's actually pretty awesome. It was basically um, violence and sex before WWE did it. <laughs> true, true. And remember, ECW now, now you can't even now all their music. Of course, Paul Heyman would be playing music that wasn't theirs. And since they didn't get in trouble because no one didn't watch them, they just always got away with that music because they literally <laughs> were coming out to like actual rap music and everything. And now none of that <laughs> stuff can be played on the network. So. Dang. Oh, exactly. Um, my 200 moment of the night, I'm actually going to give it to, um, of course, Brock Lesnar on this day won the UFC championship. Um, well, actually, now it's um, July 11th, but he won the UFC championship beating Frank Mir in hmm. 2008. Um, and, of course, that's what established Lesnar as the UFC top undisputed champion. So, definitely... Um, and also, you know, shout out, uh, birthday to Rob White. Um, you know, um, not a lot of people know him or anything, but he's, uh, definitely, um, get the best tweets on Twitter. Definitely wanted to shout out him. His birthday was also yesterday as well. I, I keep forgetting now we're in a new day and everything, so. But anyway, so, um, that is our 200 moment of the night and everything like that, and 
We're just going to go ahead and um, close out the show. Got to find the right song, though. I literally just go through all these songs, man. Jeez. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, we're going to end um, the show with... Um, yeah, fuck it. We'll just end it with um, Why You Want a T.I. Go and tell a nigga no with an ass so fat. Hey, why you wanna go and do that? Love, huh? Hey, hey, why you wanna go and do that? Do that. Hey, hey, why you wanna go and do that? In a relationship and pay for two a nigga so whack. Hey, why you wanna go and do that? Love, huh? Hey, hey, why you wanna go and do that? Do that. Hey, hey, why you wanna go and do that? And that will be it for keeping it 200. We'll be back. Thursday in the afternoon or the morning time. Um, just check us out on Spotify and everything. And thank you for everything. Tavon, make sure to have yourself a good couple of days off, man. Mm-hmm. Peace, everybody. Peace out.